0: Hey yeah, guys, it's here, and you're listening to Brad and Avery Hour. Hey, what's going on? This is Master T coming your way, and is there an hour you need to lock into? Yes, it's the Brad and Avery Hour, the only hour you need to lock into. Yo, 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 what is good, what is
1: good, what is good? It is the Brad and Avery Hour, episode 23 on Facebook Live. Avery, Luke, McDougal here. And we're going to Skype right now, Mr. Brad Bartko, who's in Ontario. Yes, he's in on Ontario right now with his family, wife's family in Barrie. Let's get Brad here on the line. Give me one second. Got a lot to get to on the Brian Avery Hour, episode 23. A lot of UFC talk, NFL talk, CFL talk, NHL talk. We jump on here right now. Call the man back. Alright. We are live from Holly, West Edmonton Mall. And uh oh. We got someone else joining us now, walking into the room, blasting. Mr. Brad Bardco welcome back to the broadcast, sir. How you doing? Good, man. How
2: you doing?
1: Good, sir. This is our first show with you in Ontario, and if you're watching the feed right now, Brad, for our show, Vic Michaels just walked in right now. He's blasting Kurt Angle's theme song behind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: true. It's damn true. Well, no,
1: while well, he. No, I see hair right now, Brad. I do see hair on Vic's head. Barely. Barely. No, well, Shawn Michaels, he is not yet. He's not like Shawn Michaels rocking that bald head as give, we saw.
0: Give it another
1: four or five years. Four, <laughs> four or five years. <laughs> so come here, Vic. Uh, let's see. Yes, Vic Michaels returns to the Brad Avery hours. So, Brad, how's, how's, how's Barron? How's the trip to Ontario with your lovely wife? How's that going man, so far?
2: Man, it's incredible. You were done. You
1: Yeah, of course. I, I hate you so much. Yeah, I mentioned to you, Brad, yeah, it did snow today in Edmonton. My backyard's covered in snow, and it's awful. And, yeah, I think tomorrow is going to be only about 3 degrees here, and you guys are having summer still in Ontario. Isn't that awful, Vic? This guy's out here in Ontario boiling.
0: Oh, it's unreal. You know, we got snow. <laughs> uh, I got my skis out today, so that was fun. And, uh, yeah, I think winter winter is here. It is time. That is unfortunate. And you know,
2: I'll tell you what remind myself, I was in Toronto, I, I, I kind of, I, I forgot yesterday, I was walking around downtown and I was like, what in the world is going on, why is there so many Leafs sweaters here, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in Toronto, I totally forgot that here I am wearing, you know, trip for the Ottawa Senators against the Leafs in a Toronto bar, and uh, it didn't
1: go very well. <laughs> wow, you just hear Brad's throwing the pot in Ontario, like a typical Westerner, aren't you?
2: Yeah, we're having fun out here.
1: You better have uh, Nickelback playing. What? S- settle down. That's no, all. Always That's all that matters. Settle down. So, guys, as I'm sure you saw, Brad, I'm sure, of course, you saw Vic. The Empton Eskimos, they're in some trouble. They've lost three straight games in the CFL Western Division, and they are now at 7-8 and eight in second last in the division. And right now, the playoffs look pretty slim for hopes right now, guys.
0: Even Yeah, is there a chance yeah, the yeah, crossover yeah. right now?
1: Where do oh. we sit? Right now, yeah, right now we're in fourth in fourth place in a crossover. But I mentioned to Brad last week, I know, it's, it's only guaranteed a guarantee to win in the East because they've already lost to Ottawa, they've lost to Hamilton, and even though they're out of the playoffs now, Toronto beat them as well too. So things are looking pretty good for them even if they do go as a crossover team in the Eastern Division, guys.
0: Yeah, big win for Saskatchewan today. There's a team that's really turned it around. I know earlier in the season it didn't look like playoffs were going to be an option for them, but they've, uh, they've rallied together, and I think they've almost claimed the Eskimo spot. Uh, near the top of the Western Division, and it's it's sad because with the Grey Cup, of course, being in Edmonton this year, you know there's a lot of people who want to see the Eskimos in that game, and I think it's good for the sport if if they are in that game. Um, but I'm I'm going to cling on to the little hope that we have that we do get in Edmonton, Calgary, Grey oh. Cup. Go ahead, Brad. Go well, ahead. That,
2: as you know, was in in, uh, in 2010, you know it was here in Edmonton, the Eskimos uh, didn't make that either. Um, Twitter today, and, uh, and I had backlash for this last week, Vic uh, Michaels and Averya's
0: I personally don't think it's uh, Mike Riley's fault. Uh, obviously, being the quarterback of the team, he should, you know, share some of that blame. But I, I really feel like Iron Mike is not the the be all end all here. I think Jason Moss, Moss definitely walking on eggshells, especially mm-hmm. with the exit in the playoffs last year. You know, there's a lot of questions with him, some of the decisions he's made. So I think if, if anybody's on the hot seat, it's definitely Jason Moss for sure. Benavidez, of course, that that whole coaching staff kind of clumped in uh, together there. But I really do feel like it is a bigger issue than, than just the quarterback here. The, the, the defense has, has not been as good as it needs to be. The secondary has been an issue. That's a carryover from last season. Um, and I think that's kind of where you start is, is the defense and, and work your way from there.
1: It's kind of funny you mentioned the defense, and ironically enough, what does the defense go out and do? They limit schedule 19 points. But you know the offensive line yeah. today was a big issue. In fact, you saw Riley getting hit over and over and over again. And early in this yep. season, we were complimenting this team. Wow, Riley hasn't been hit very much. Fast forward some 16 yep. weeks, and he right. can't stay upright, and that's a big issue. Seeing might take hit after hit after hit in this season, guys. Well, and and that takes
2: a toll on a quarterback, guys. I don't care who you are. You could be Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you know, Henry Brewers I don't care who you are. That takes a toll on you. Uh, I think mentally as well. You because you start thinking. I I think you almost start. Uh, You you start getting red in the ball almost a little too early because you're almost worried that, hey, I know I'm getting hit. i got to get rid of the ball now because
0: my offensive
2: line doesn't have my back. And and that's not a good sign, guys. Those guys are hired and and they're there to have your back. They're there to protect the guy under under center. And and they're really not doing the job. So I I think the the Eskimos, if, if things continue, they might have to take a look at that as well.
1: No, they might have to. And it's tough because this is the guy, this is, this is the MLP. This, this is the MVP of the league right now, and he's not getting the protection he needs. And it would be, as we mentioned earlier, it would be a shame if this team ends the year at 8-10. and 10, I've said it before, 8-10, and 10, they go into as a crossover right. team and end up getting blown out to Hamilton or Ottawa. That would not be a good look for this franchise.
2: Yeah,
1: 100%. Oh, I mean, so I guess, you know what? If they do find a way to make it to the Grey Cup, more power to them, but I'm I'm, you know, I'm, I'm positive, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sort of optimistic. But to me, I think the Great Cup is going to be between Calgary and Ottawa in tw- in November, guys. L- you, could, you
0: couldn't ask for a worse Great Cup final, I think, for Edmontonians. <laughs> Ottawa versus Calgary, you know, two teams. I don't think too many people will be getting out of their chairs yeah. to go watch. But yeah, Edmonton, they got to get their act together quick. They're running out of time. You know, it's this is this is a big season for them, and they're definitely underperforming. Uh, that's for sure. I,
2: I think, Vic, Vic, that's exactly what I envisioned when I purchased my Grey Cup tickets at the, at the beginning of the year was Ottawa-Calgary. I was all excited for it. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I I, don't know what to think. Do I sell my tickets? Do I keep my tickets to go to the Great Cup? I, I I, don't know what to do anymore. And I, I just hope the Eskimos can uh, get their act together and turn around. But they got to turn around fast because the on the tickets.
1: No, it truly is. It truly is. Of course, guys, going from of course going from the Eskimos to our other local team, the Empton Oilers kicked off their season. Of course, for that first game in Germany against the Cologne Sharks, which they won four to three in overtime, playing on the big ice. And then they had a season opener against New Jersey, and well, that that start, guys. Different continent, same awful start. New Jersey wins that game five to two, but once again, first shot. First goal beats Cam Talbot.
0: Yeah, what are your thoughts about the Yeah, it seems uh, like last year, as, as you know, kind of trickled over to this year. Uh, the team they, they looked very disorganized on the ice, and it, it's, it's 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 not a not a start that they wanted. That's for sure. This is a team that has a lot to prove this year, a lot of wrongs to right, and um, you know one of the main guys behind that is Cam Talbot. And when you let, let the first shot in of the game. That's uh, probably not the start that you want, although he, for the rest of the game, he, he did play okay. There was a couple goals um, that I wouldn't put completely on him, but definitely not the start for Cam Talbot. The defense looked a little weak in areas. Uh, I don't know how long the Evan Bouchard experiment is going to go. I think, I think you could probably pull the plug on that uh, sooner rather than later for various reasons. Um, and, yeah, Tyler Yamamoto, is he a guy that's going to be here long term? That's something they need to figure out. Um, so yeah, just a lot of question marks, and, and definitely not not the, the season opener that uh, those fans wanted to no, see. So,
2: your thoughts, Brad? Well, wait, well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute here. Let's let us let <laughs> let's settle the train down here. We're only <laughs> we're only one game in. I know, you know. We, let's not. Uh, as you mentioned, Vic Michaels, it's it's not all Can't Help Its Fault, but defense did look. Uh, and from what I heard, I was on the airplane, but from what I've seen, uh, they looked in, in absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Leon Dreistel was a step behind. Um, Evan Bouchard, look, I, I'm, I'm going to give him his nine games, and I believe he will be sent down. I, I don't think you, you, you give him eight more games and, and then obviously pull the plug and maybe he goes plays in the World Juniors and lights it up again uh, in the OHL. I think that's a, that's a very real possibility. Ethan Baer, I think, uh, fills that role. Uh, other than that we have no other option other than maybe gonna make a trade of it here in names like Justin Falk and yada yada. But again the couch space comes in to question uh with that as well. And then you you mentioned Kyler Yamamoto. I, I have I think more more faith in Kyler Yamamoto than I really do in Evan Bouchard. Um I gave Evan Bouchard the benefit of the doubt. He made this team, uh he made some uh, boneheaded mistakes in his first game. Hey, I understand maybe it's a little jitters. Uh, he's nervous, it's his first real, actual game, um, and, and kind of gets this out of the way. So I'll, I'll wait to, to judge that at game number nine. But I think Yamamoto's more of a mainstay. I think he's proven that. I think he's ready. I, but the only question for me is his size. Uh, he's still small. Mm-hmm. He's got that speed, though. And I, I, you know what, guys? To be brutally honest with you, I'd love to see him with Connor McDavid Uh, We've seen Ryan Nugent Hopkins out of practice today and they had Drake Kajula there with McDavid and Ty and I'm I'm still kind of scratching my head here because I don't understand it. I I never will understand the whole Drake Drake Kajula thing in Edmonton Um, I I thought maybe Yamamoto would push him out of a job or potentially Alex Chase on but uh, he's still on this team and now we're trying to Connor McDavid I just I don't get it I don't understand it I think maybe uh, Kylo Yamamoto should be there, if not, maybe, you know, who might have earned it after game one would be, uh, nonetheless, but Milan Lucci, uh possibly up there with 97 for maybe game two. But hey, I you know what, I'll give the Oilers, hey, that, that was a goose egg, let's let's get rid of that, and let's get ready uh, for Thursday night, they're back in North America, they're, I think they're going to be sharp, they got something to prove, and I can't tell but the Oilers are going to be a lot better, uh, they need to be better. And we've talked about this before, Avery. Mm. they got one of the toughest schedules to start in the year. And if they don't start hot, if they start ugly, they can easily be out of the playoffs by November and, and they could be booking tea time. So they need to be better. They need to be. They need to come out a lot more uh, physical, a lot more faster. And I, I think they, they'll do that against Boston.
1: No, they're going to absolutely have to be. And, of course, mention the schedule. They're playing so many of their Eastern teams already in October. They're playing the Bruins. They're playing Pittsburgh, Washington. They're playing the Rangers in MSG, and they never beat New York in New York. It never happens. So you're right. If they if they if they escape October with three wins or four wins, to me, you got to get some guys are on a, on a hot seat, and I and you might see I've been before. You might see one of the few in-season GM firings if you're the Oilers, Brad.
2: Yeah, yeah, we we've talked about this before. I know, I know, we are all kind of on the same page. Big Michael's included. Uh, we're not fans. Um, I, I'm not gonna, you know, sit here and, and and bash the Oilers or or you know, that's not what I do. But I, I you know, I'm not a big fan of Peter Shirelli. We 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 voiced this. We've been down that road. We've talked about the uh, what he did in Boston, kind of that that debacle, that uh, you know, tear down. He's kind of. Been, somewhat done the same thing in Edmonton. Yes, he's led us to the playoffs and, I, you know what, to a point, a part of me will be forever grateful to for Peter Torelli for putting this team back in the playoffs because still part of it, you got to think, guys, still part of it is still, you know, his stamp on that team and, they, you know, his team did make the playoffs. It's not, yes, fully on him. It's It was the roster completely coming together. We had guys having career years and, and whatever. That was awesome, but you know, all in all, I, 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 I agree with you. I think we could see a GM, uh, a GM firing and, and possibly a coach firing. And, you know, we, I've talked about this week in and week out for the last couple of weeks now. I don't agree with Todd leaving. I, you know, I, I've always been a Todd guy. I always will be. I don't think he's really the problem in Edmonton. But maybe that new voice, maybe Glenn Gawkson, maybe Trangani comes in and, and takes over at an, as an interim basis or possibly Glenn Gawkson full-time. And uh, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a new uh, new turn in Edmonton. But, but again, we've been through how many coaches in, in the last 12 years. Uh, I don't know if I want to go through this coaching coaching carousel uh, again.
1: <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. You've been through, yeah, you've been through eight coaches in the past 10 years. But, uh, yeah, I think this is on GM's head because Pius Shirelli's had how many chances now to really turn things around. And really, even when he came in, he didn't have to really do much. He didn't have to trade Hall. He didn't have to trade Eberlin. All he really needed when he came into this franchise was Maybe another defenseman and you're good and you're fine. But he came in and flipped over the table and traded away top assets for assets are nowhere near what he needed for this team to be successful. I mean that's amazing. go ahead, Vic, when, it, when it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I get
0: I get the I get the floor. Yes, um, sir. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh it's a couple head scratchers for sure. Uh I think at the time we all knew Something had to happen. There was, uh, you know, various issues with this team. I think the writing was on the wall. Taylor Hall, Jordan neverlay that era was over, and it's just unfortunate, kind of, you know, how those trades unfolded. Not to say Adam Larson is a bad player; he's a great defenseman. Um, but when you, you know, you see Taylor Hall go on and, and have an MV, MVP year in New Jersey, right? It's 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 hard to say that we won that trade. It, you know, it, I, I think I think it's you know the proof is in the pudding there that. That trade was lost, but at the same time, something did have to happen. Damn. And uh, not sure what that well, was. I... Well, what's going on, Brad? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm
2: not wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, not, I'm not sure we we lost that trade. I, I think I, I'll i disagree there because I I'll I'll tell you the trade we did with the, the Jordan MOA trade flat out. That's a that's a complete loss. Um, the to Hall trade was you got to think this is. Two completely different players, two completely different positions, sure. two completely different needs. Uh, the Edmontoners needed a top guy, they needed a top defensive uh, They believed that to be Adam Morrison. I, I still believe that. Uh, is he,
0: is he that he though? Well that, that's my biggest Austin. issue. I don't think you look, you look basically straight on paper, one one for one. Um, Taylor Hall, safe to say one of the best players in the league, top ten for sure. I think that's an accurate, 100%. accurate. Um, is Adam Larson a top 10 defenseman in this league? I don't think so. I think he's close. He's on the bubble. Obviously, he has time to improve. Um, not taking anything away from Larson. Mm-hmm. He, great defenseman. Like I said, the Oilers needed a guy like this. But if you're looking at that trade one for one, Taylor Hall is obviously the better player. He was back then. He is today. Um, I still support the trade. I, I, I It needed to happen. But... Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's just kind of unfortunate how it did play out. Uh, now that we've seen how both of these players have progressed. Uh, I, I don't think Adam Larson is a number one on this team right now, he is. But uh, the Oilers are still lacking that offensive defenseman that they desperately need. I don't think Adam is that guy, not to, not to say that he needs to be that guy, but um, on paper, uh, I think it's obvious that the Edmonton Oilers did lose that trade. Like I said, I'm still a supporter of that trade. I like the fact that Shirelli, you know, he had had the, the guts to pull something like that off because the previous regime uh, did not. And that was something that needed to happen here at Edmonton, and that was change. And I'm glad that uh, Shirelli was able to take us in that direction. But at the same time, uh, it, it's, like you said, it's only one game, so it's hard to judge, but mm-hmm. basing it off last season – it doesn't seem like the plan is, is working. Um, so hopefully we can see that change in the next couple of games here.
2: So Avery, I, I yes. like this discussion. I, I think I wanna stay on this for a minute. So you're so let, let's say so 'cause you are so let us say because you got to think Taylor Hall's in a brand new position, brand, brand new environment, brand new coach, brand new teammates, wh- whatever it may be. Same with in there, you know, he, he was with a brand new team. Now, do you think Taylor Hall could have the same year he
0: had in jersey in edmonton i think you can even argue he might have had a bigger year playing with mcdavid
1: i think so too yeah with connor mcdavid i mean you you could put me on connor's wing and i'll get i'll get 75 points (laughs) you put taylor hall on mcdavid's wing i
2: think i i think and the problem and you know what Vic, i i agree you you bring up about i i like that but i i think there's there was too many egos there were too many Chiefs in one room, and somebody had to go, and Taylor Hall was the guy. You look now, Taylor Hall is the guy in jersey. He's the guy that team leans on. Um, you know, they, they they built around him. He's, he's now roommates with Nico Heesher and, you know, he's leading those young guys, and, you know, that kind and, and you, you look at Kyle Palmieri, and Kyle Palmieri's going to have a, he had an incredible year last year with Taylor Hall, so I mean, it's it's completely two different uh, situations. I think, it, as you said, Vic, it needed to happen. It happened. There's nothing we can do about it now. Um, and, and I think Edmonton got what they needed at the time. Uh, New Jersey got what they needed in a, in a, a prolific top six elite score, and elite talent, uh, number one overall pick in, in that right. And uh, he showed it in Ray Sherrill. Uh, the guy who was in Pittsburgh, looks like an absolute genius for uh, pulling off the trade. And you know what? I, I'm not bitter over it. It happened. Um, I, I wish him all nothing but the best. And there was just a lot of issues in Edmonton that I don't think he could be the same player that it, that he is now in New Jersey. Does that make sense? But no,
0: I'm- yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, it's one of those things where the move had to happen. It needed to happen. Yeah, the Oilers were moving on in another direction. This is McDavid's team. It's no longer Taylor Hall's team, um, and that's a trade that you can you can debate mm-hmm. forever. I think there, there's no point in, in doing so anymore. It happened. It's over. Uh, the Oilers needed to make that trade. Uh, I guess the only the only point to make is did they get fair value on that trade? And that's something that still time will tell. We're not 100%. Uh, certain on, on who won that trade. I would, if you were to say now, I, I would personally say Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils. But at the same time, uh, I don't disagree with the trade at all.
1: Uh, the winners
0: needed to make that deal for sure.
1: Hold on, guys. You don't you don't see in Toronto, well, dang, we got Tavares now. Better trade Marner or better trade Kadri or better trade Matthews. Not saying that. You can have guys who are elite right. talents with each other as complementary pieces. You don't have to trade away guys that are more than one-star guy. In Toronto, they're finding a way to make Matthews and Tavares and Nylander, well, when he signs, which he will sign, work. They're going to make it work in Toronto. And Edmonton couldn't make it work? But, come but Avery, on, now.
2: Wait a minute here. But, but, but Avery, with them, with Toronto, it's going to come down to money. Uh, they're, they're, they are going to have, eventually, if you... With money, just like the Oilers did with, mm-hmm. you know, obviously McDavid and, and Bryce Saddle signing. It, it, it's going to come down to will the Leafs have enough money to sign all mm-hmm. the players they need to sign to keep their core? I think, you know what? I'm going to be brutally honest with you here, guys. I think eventually it's going to come down to one of the two and Willie Neland or a bit farther out the door. And that and that's my opinion. Because you're not trading off the Matthews. And your first headliner is John bars. So those two guys are, are your core. Those two guys are sticking around, and they they've proven they can put mediocre guys around them and build a, a somewhat championship team. You look at a guy like Zach Hyman, who's not really a household name. He's a household name in Toronto, but you know he's not that elite. You know, not elite player around the league. You look at guys like you know Connor Brown and. It's the same thing Pittsburgh did with Carl and Malkin. They added, you know, Jake Gensel and, and Connor Sherry, and mm-hmm. those guys became elite talents because of who they played with in 87 and, and nine, or in 71. So I, I think and it's the same thing with Edmonton. You look at Ty Ratty. I think uh, Ty Ratty's going to develop into something. I don't know if he's quite there yet. And They're hoping, you know, guys like Kyler Yamamoto and Jesse Poliardi translate into the Jake Gensel and the Connor Sherry uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. They think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to run into some trouble, and they're going to run into some trouble, and and they're going to have a decision
1: to make. Well, you be partially sure about that. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Toronto and that because I do want to see it. I do want to see the team sticker. I know there's people that will be saying, "Ah, oh, are you Leafs fanboy now?" But no, I want to see Toronto do well because this is a team where the Leafs and their farm system, the Marlies, are one of the best-run franchises in all hockey. So seeing Toronto doing well me and my mind is great for the game brad and i'm sure you feel the same way Vic. having toronto being an elite team good for the league of the whole
0: yeah no absolutely a, right, uh, a team that you know it's go, go. been uh, starving for success for you know way way before our lifetimes
1: yes yeah, way before
0: uh, so it, yeah <laughs> and, no, it, it's good to see yeah, it. I just you, bro, totally yeah you know it, oilers fans don't want to admit it but it is it is good for for the league it's good for the country uh, nice to see Winnipeg mm-hmm. with success too that's, yeah. that's a really good story over there uh, all the trials and tribulations they went through as a franchise to be back and now to be you know possibly one of three I would say three Stanley Cup favorites this year mm-hmm. they came close last year uh, it's Vancouver you know they that's a team that's going to be a team to, to watch out for in a couple of years you have that team three four years and I think uh, the Canucks are going to be right back in the mix. Brock Besser, the guy's a stud. He's, he's an all-star in this league. Bo Horvat, great player. Vertanen's still there. Uh, Yo Levy. So I think if, if Vancouver can, you know, get their defense together, that's probably the biggest issue through through drafting and whatnot. And if they can snag themselves uh, a first pick at this year's draft, uh, that's a team that can drastically improve very quickly. And um, you know, other than uh, the Senators and the Canadians, I think uh, hockey in Canada. Is, is very healthy uh, right now.
1: No, I couldn't agree more. You well, and i, I,
2: I uh, sorry, sorry, I agree. Go I ahead, Brian, uh, go you ahead. Know, and let, let's not forget Elias Peterson there now in Vancouver, who's, who's doing very well and, and given a chance. I, I think uh, they dropped Jack Hues, or quick Hughes last year. Jack Hughes is the number one overall uh, projected pick this year. Mm. Would that be something if he ended up in Vancouver uh, with his brother? I think, as you mentioned, Vic, I think they do – Drastically improve, and this is a team that's uh, going to become good in a, I think, in a, a short window here. I think they're rebuilt, like, like you mentioned, three, four, maybe five years, and this team's back in the hunt. Uh, we, we, the only now, look, Avery. This is my concern with the Leafs. They got the power up front. They got the goaltender. Pretty Anderson has proven time and time again he can be the lead goaltender. Uh, the, the other, my, my two concerns here, that being the backup goaltender, Ken Garrett Sparks, actually relieved. Freddie Anderson, when he needs to be relieved, can he, you know, can he play ten, fifteen games solidly and keep the leads in the game, or will he need to with all the firepower out front? Uh, and, and the other, the other question mark for me, and this is more of a lo- longevity thing, when it gets to the playoffs, will their defense hold up? For me, their defense is not where it needs to be to compete. You look at, you stack them up against Nationals, you stack them up against Washington. You stack them up against Tampa Bay, you stack them up against Boston, mm-hmm. and they lose every single time, um, regardless of the forwards. They can score seven goals, but they're going to give up eight because their defense is just—you know—their defense isn't where it needs to be outside of Morgan Riley and, and Jake Gardner. I mean, what, what else is there? Um, so that—that's my concern. I just—I don't know if it's time for the Leafs to win the Cup yet. I—I I, just—I don't see it. I don't think it's there yet. Well, we'll see, guys. You
1: They're got... close. No, they are close, but I, do, I will agree with you on that, that the blue line is struggling, though. But as somebody covered the Marlies, Garrett Sparks' game has taken so many leaps and bounds from when I first saw him in the AHL covering that team to now, last year's the AHL goalie, goalie of the Year. And trust me, Garrett Sparks is ready to be an NHL backup. And heck, you never know, in a couple of seasons, you got you got an expansion team coming in, in Seattle. He could be a starting goaltender for Seattle if he's unprotected by the Maple Leafs in two years,
2: Brad and Vic. Yeah, I mean, and and you got to think he was was he what was he was the MVP that they called the playoffs last year as well. I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. But my my concern is, can that game translate to the NHL level? I don't know how you feel of, about Garrett Sparks, Nick Michaels, or or what you see him, But for me, I I you know Kelvin Pickard and uh, and Curtis McElhaney I think we're, were way better options than Garrett Sparks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't like. I don't follow uh, Gareth Sparks enough to really have an opinion on him, but um, I think Freddie Anderson's going to continue to carry the load uh, this season. So I feel like uh, it's less of an issue uh, than, say, some here in Edmonton, where Cam Talbot has been a question mark. Therefore, they went out and got Koskinen for that, basically, a safety measure, uh, just in case Talbot uh, is not able to perform at the level that uh, we thought he was. So I think it's a different case in Toronto. Freddie Anderson's obviously number one. If anything does happen to him, uh, that, that's going to be an issue for them, and that could very well cost them their season. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much about the, the backup role in Toronto, as Anderson's probably going to, you know, carry uh, you know, at least 80% of the games this year, you would think. Uh, so, in the way he's played in the past, I feel like, uh, you know, he's one of the top 10 goalies in the league, hands down. So, I think Toronto should be in good shape. The East is still up for grabs, obviously. Mm. Washington uh, looking very good again this season. Uh, they're probably the team to beat. It would make the most sense. Pittsburgh's up there. Tampa could ever count them out, uh, you know. So the East, I think those are your probably top three teams. Then you got teams like Boston and Toronto, which would be kind of the next tier down. So I would personally keep an eye on the Boston Bruins uh, myself. That's my sleeper pick in the East this year. Uh, a lot of young talent for those guys. Tuukka Rask still one of the best goalies in the league, and um, yeah, you got guys like uh, Bergeron, Marchand, and Shara. Great character guys that uh, don't seem to be going anywhere soon. So I would uh, I would keep an eye on the Boston Bruins. I don't know about you, Brad. Uh, who who do you got coming out of the East? You
2: know, I I don't think I have them coming out of the East. But my my two my two sleepers, especially this year. I I know it's early, but I really really like surprisingly what I've seen from the Columbus Blue Jackets. What I've seen from the Carolina Hurricanes. Believe it or not. And what I've seen for the Buffalo Sabres. I think Jack Eichel uh, and, and his team in Buffalo have done, uh, done very well. We're out to two and, I believe, they're two on one. And the Carolina Hurricanes are, are right there as well. And, and uh, I, I, I believe these, these two teams, you look and, and people might laugh at you, or especially me, you know, being ridiculed. But these teams have bought on the barrel teams for, for years, for many years. Um, and, and they're starting to turn a corner and starting to show. You look at guys like Sebastian Ajo, and Tiro Tirovainen, and uh, Michael Furlander, they got Calgary, and Dougie Hamilton seems to be serviceable over there and now in a bigger role uh, with Justin Falk and, and, and the likes over there. And then, of course, uh, Curtis McElhaney and, and Peter Morazic between the bikes they, Those two, got to think Morazic was behind uh, Jimmy Howard for years, and, mm-hmm. of course, McElhaney bounced around Columbus and Toronto and really both have been given a shot. McLean you know wins his first game um, in, in his debut and then Morazic has, has done well to start the year as well. And then you look at, at Buffalo, Carter Hunting, a guy another guy given a shot, sat behind Jake Allen, you know, in, in, in St. Louis for years, season, season, seasoned, seasoned, and now now it's his turn uh, to get a job and, and to get a, a starting role and, and he hasn't disappointed. So I think for me those are those are two coming, but I think to make the playoffs I really keep an eye, especially in the East, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets that's never a team that's out, especially with their Tammy Panarin and uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and the defense they have over there. The only question mark is how bad are they going to miss Seth Jones uh, down the line? He's up four to five months, so we'll see what the toll it takes on their young guys and, and then over the role there.
1: Yeah, it's a massive gap on their blue line. We mentioned uh, Buffalo and Carolina, the two teams who've things well buffalo is above 500 for the first time since 2013. that's insane mm-hmm. they've gone that long and they were not above 500 of any point of a season
0: we're we talking the bills or the uh <laughs> sabers
1: here the sabers <laughs> like hey, okay. buffalo sports for quite some time been taking a big fat chunk of the l so to see buffalo turning things around you know it's good yeah. it's good to see buffalo finally i guess i know it's early i know in hockey it's very early but hey in fact, above 500, good for the Sabres to be back at that mark again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The Sabres—they've been bad probably since the Daniel Briere days <laughs> um, when they made a run there. It would have been probably what 2010, 2009. Yeah, that was
1: their last real playoff run there. Yeah, and then back in,
0: uh, Brian Gianta, I believe, was back on that team. Ryan Miller, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it's been a while. Poor Buffalo fans. These guys have, you know, we 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 whine about it here in Edmonton. The, the stuff we went through the past decade, but. Buffalo sports fans, but obviously the the Bills and the multiple Super Bowl uh, losses there, unreal. I just, uh, I really feel for those guys. It's a tough city to, to be in.
1: And still, no sports titles in Buffalo since the AFL days with the Buffalo Bills. They have no sports titles in the 60s in Buffalo, so I mean. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't, I mean, the Sabres will, I think, will eventually win a cup, but we'll see what happens, though. I mean, you're 2-1, so good job, Buffalo. So, boys, what do you
0: want to move on to next? I think we got to talk some UFC. Oh, like, well. Oh, yeah. How There's can we not talk men. to you?
1: That's the Let's talk. Yeah. UFC, you know what? I Let's think that was one of the... Up, the boys.
2: We'll
1: that was quite the card, you know? And not even just, of course, of course, we'll get to the whole Khabib and McGregor thing. But even before that, I was watching. I was, I was at my buddy, uh, Matt Ingles, my old co-host of maybe the Sports Show. We were watching at his house in, um, near the airport. And I, my goodness, I watched Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis fight. Great fight. That was fight of the night, guys. Awesome. Hands fight. down.
0: Tony Ferguson, That's warrior. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, yeah, that was definitely fight of the night. I would think, uh, you know, Ferguson rallying at the end there, bleeding, blood everywhere to come mm-hmm. back, and obviously a ref stoppage, I believe, due to the blood, yeah. two cuts um, t- uh, top of Pettis's eyes. Uh, awesome fight.
2: Apparently, he uh, apparently sorry guys. Apparently, he broke his hand. Oh, uh, is what, what I heard. Anthony Pettis. Uh, broke his hand so they stopped the fight uh,
0: due to that that's what I heard okay that makes okay. sense that makes sense yeah, um, yeah overall like a let's say an above average card for sure kind of on paper nothing you know really to, to, to get excited about but uh, obviously the, the big surprise knockout of the night uh, Avery which was a great one um, the black beast Derek Lewis Derek Lewis the guy <laughs> I, think I think the guy was gassed after 10 seconds in the fight he could barely move uh, and, his and balls the, the were his hot,
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah, his pants up because his balls was hot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I do like uh, in the post-fight how he acknowledged that he uh, his cardio was not where it needs to be, where Joe Rogan mentioned something about a title shot, and he's like, I don't, I don't deserve no title shot. <laughs> um, so I did like that, but yeah, uh, Derek Lewis, the power, that was an unreal knockout. Volkov was winning that fight for sure, mm-hmm. and he, he literally just had to, you know, the last 30 seconds, it would have been over. But great, great knockout by Lewis. Much props to him. And, um, yeah, he definitely needs to, to hit the treadmill uh, because he, he was in rough shape near the end of that fight.
1: And, of course, he's, he's motivated by Donald Trump calling him. I think i knocked Russian MFR out. If Donald, Trump, Donald Trump's phone call motivated him in that fight, guys? That's
2: hilarious. <laughs> you know what is, Ish? Guys... Uh... I read a few things, uh, I read a few things the other, the other day and, and today on, uh, on Derek Lewis, and believe it or not, uh, somebody is predicting him to take on, and will, will follow me here, but they, they're predicting Brock Lesnar to be Daniel Cormier, and then they're predicting Derrick Lewis take on the beast, the animal himself, Brock Lesnar for the title, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I'm not even sure how I feel about that. I think, you know what? I think Derek Lewis deserves it. He's, he's, he's been in there. He's got he's, he's an absolute warrior. I love watching him fight, and I love his post-game uh, or his post-fight interviews always with Joe Rogan. Uh, he's always got something comical to say. But uh, another title for me, guys, and, and I think a guy that's, that's been waiting far too long and, and might get you know the short end of the stick here if we see a Khabib. Uh, McGregor rematch, and that being Tony Ferguson, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Tony Ferguson is an absolute warrior. I think he's shown it against a, against Anthony Pettis that nothing fades this guy. He can take a shot at both those guys. Part of me can take shots. Uh, I know for me, I'd be done in about ten seconds. But uh, you know, t- Tony Ferguson for me is next in line. Uh, for me, this is a guy that deserves a shot, and I think he'd be a he'd be a proud UFC champion.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess really we'll come down to like uh, Khabib's suspension will be kind of the be all end all on that. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to get something. You would think at least six months for, for kind of the action. Well,
1: well, well you know, for, for those of you who didn't watch what happened, let's be said, for those of you who didn't watch, um, you probably know Khabib beat Connor and Neck Crane. And I, of course, the entire time, the lead up between Connor and Khabib has been very personal. Um, of course, Connor's going after Khabib's family, religion, and. A guy from a guy from Dagestan, they're they're about that fight. Yeah. They will yep. fight you. Yep. As we saw, Khabib after the fight was yelling at Conor's coach, Jillian Danis, through his mouthpiece at him, and then what I've never seen before in UFC, climbs the cage and jumps on Team McGregor. All the guys
0: Takes and starts walk.
1: throwing hands. And this remember this is on national te- international television live. Brawl. A yeah. brawl outside the cage. And this is this is Dana White's worst nightmare. If you're W if you're WME Inc. And UFC, this is your worst nightmare. Yeah. To yeah. see a fight outside the cage.
0: And then you see Khabib's guys jump in the cage
1: and start putting on Connor.
0: Attack Connor from behind, and it's like it's something, it's like those, you know, old school boxing matches where everybody storms yep. the ring at the end. Yeah,
1: like no Tyson Holyfield fights. It's crazy, <laughs>
0: and it's you know, for the UFC, it's it's a PR nightmare mm-hmm. because not only that, like fans could get injured, mm. you know, people. It, it's assault. Uh, Khabib assaulted. On live tv he <laughs> illegally attacked somebody which is against the law so uh, obviously connor's guys didn't help the situation no. you know egging him on and you know punching him and whatnot when it did happen But mm-hmm. just uh just a gong show ending but at the end of the day you know as much as ufc hates it they're also loving it at the same time because this this rematch is writing itself like the amount of ratings the amount of eyes that have that have come on the sport because of this especially in a time where the ufc is is really hurting for an audience. I think they're you know not a, not a lot of top guys left uh, outside of Conor. You know Ronda Rousey was kind of next on the list and she's gone now. We're bringing Brock Lesnar back. John Jones has been suspended. Uh, so really outside of McGregor and, and Daniel Cormier, I would say there's really no name name fighters in, in the UFC. So I think they'll take any publicity they can get, and this is going to be. We you, you like it? What do you think about that? Because that was insane. I couldn't
2: believe it. I you know and for those of you guys that know. I'm a Conor McGregor fan. I I just love the way he acts, and I I think it's most of it for show. Um, You know, he's a, from what I heard, and uh, he's a very down-to-earth person. He's not actually like that outside the octagon. They're family oriented. So, I mean, whatever sells tickets, the guy sells tickets. The guy, you know, puts on a show night in and night out. I was very surprised, though, guys, the way – I, I've never seen in my, you know, I, I watched fighting, and I've watched a lot of Connors fights. I've never seen him get mad at him like that by, by Khabib or by any fighter before. I, I was very taken back. I knew right away Khabib was serious. Khabib, Khabib was, the you know, the real deal. He's got 26 and now 27-0 and 0 mm-hmm. for a reason, Yeah, and uh, you know, it, that's, that's nothing to take lightly. This guy's the real deal, and you know what? I, I thought it was a great fight. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I, I had great respect for Khabib after that fight. I totally jumped on board, and then he, and then, and then he decided to scale the cage and jump on top of Dylan, uh, Dylan Davis, I believe. It, a Bellator MMA fighter uh, who was in Conor McGregor's corner. I, look, look, guys, here. I'll put you this way. I, I get the chirping, I uh, you know what, whether you like it or not, it's part of the sport that's going to happen. I don't care, religion, family, whatever. It happens everywhere. It's going to happen. Well, there's a like, line you know, he I crossed. The Car- the...
1: Well, Connor crossed the line, though, I felt. I like Carter but he crossed uh, listen,
2: the line. Uh, l- listen, though, listen. Listen, uh, Dana Dana said it before. This is not going to stop. This is not going to end. Uh, you know, it's it's the way fighters are. That's the way they sell tickets. It's the way they, you know, they get, their, get people's feet in the door. People love that stuff. Whether you love or hate him, whether, whether you hate him, it still makes you tune in and watch the fight. And, I, hey, look, I get the tripping back and forth outside the cage. He threw his mouth guard first. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Stay in the octagon. Get your belt and get the hell out. Instead, he scaled the, the cage and decided to act like an absolute, uh, you know, wild animal outside and, and attack, you know, a, a Boring partner, and and then his teammates jump in the octagon and beat up Conor McGregor. Um, it was an absolute melee. It was mm-hmm. chaos. Uh, the governor of Nevada was there, and apparently hightailed it uh, directly out of the building. And let's not let let me let me put this straight, guys. The governor of of Nevada uh, oversees the Nevada Athletic Commission. So when Dana White said that in the, post, uh, the post-by-press conference, this ain't going to be pretty for Khabib because this man was terrified. This man was scared, and he's going to do something about it. He's coming, going to come down hard. I, I think he will come down hard. I'd say six months to a year. I'd say minimum. I'm going to see a massive fine. Uh, Khabib hasn't got his purse of $2 million. I don't think he will. Um, a title strip, possibly. And we'll even hear Dana White made mention of it after the fight that they're already looking into confiscating or putting a hole on visas, which means that uh, Khabib will no longer be able to enter the country. Uh, the three guys, uh, three of the teammates that were arrested have since been cut from the UFC. Uh, Dana White said they will no longer fight in the promotion. Um, you know what? So, So, look, I I think the UFC, and I think everyone's handling this the right way, correctly. Um, uh, Clearly, something was triggered with Habib, whether, again, you mentioned family, religion. That's going to set anybody off. I get that. But uh, he reached the boiling point. he absolutely snapped. There comes a point where you want to kick someone's head in in the octagon because they said something about your father or your mother or religion or, or your best friend or whatever. I get that. That's that 100% you're allowed to go in there and kick the absolute snot out of somebody in the octagon if they do that. But I, I just don't agree with scaling the cage and attacking people. And now let's not forget there's 16 to 18,000 people around you now oh, yeah. that are in harm's way and are in, you know, in immediate danger. And then let's not forget the, the riots or the chaos that ensued on the concourse You know fans being knocked out by other fans and uh it it was absolutely chaos
1: guys no it was and you see in the footage of when khabib goes over now now to me what i've done to me it shouldn't have happened no he should not left the octagon absolutely not you see connor was going over too and he was pulled back i couldn't imagine how much more worse things could have been if Conor got off the cage as well, too, it could have been 50 times worse. Both guys were out there throwing hands as well, too, guys.
0: Yeah, well, that's like Dana said after the fight. like He had to get both of these guys out of the arena immediately mm-hmm. uh, to avoid any further escalation. Uh, could you imagine? You know, you got, you know, a couple thousand drunk people out there, Irish, Irishmen, Russians, yeah. uh, you know, ready to throw down. And, and it would have been an awful, 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 awful nightmare for the UFC. So I think Dana White did the right thing. Get them both the heck out of there uh, as Khabib was, was leaving. You know, people were throwing beers at him and mm-hmm. popcorn and, and whatever. So, uh, and like just like you alluded to earlier, Brad, what, what could have been an amazing moment, what was an amazing moment for Khabib beating Conor, you know, one of the greatest of all time, just completely almost thrown out the window in a yeah. sense. You know, he, he had his moment and... He went from being the hero and, and, and now is almost like the bad guy of the situation. Everyone kinda of turned on him because of it. And just a just a bonehead boneheaded move. No business leaving the he had nothing to prove. You know, taking the higher ground, you know, raising your hand with the belt, I think, uh, is saying a lot more than going outside and punching Connor's corner.
1: No, and we were watching, watching he, you, he go, proved, sorry hey, Go ahead, Brian, he go ahead.
2: All he proved all he needed to prove in the octagon. Why, why scale the case? I, I don't get it. Well, like you did your job. You did what you said you were gonna do. You choked him out. You made him tap 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 in the words of Khabib, yeah. and that was it. Have your have your hand raised. Have the belt around your waist. Go drink some Russian vodka. Have a great night. Put your, well, put your furry hat on and, and march and march through the streets of Vegas and, and have some fun. Instead, it completely it turned into a. He went from hero to zero, as the as Michaels
1: alluded to. Well, he's Muslim, so there'll be no vodka for a Muslim man. But you're right, though. He should, Yeah, you're right, though. Yeah, if he just wins, you know, he proved his point better than Connor, made him tap. And it's funny because also his dad was on Russian TV, and his dad said the same thing you guys are saying, you know what? Beat him up, get his punches in, but do not do that. His own dad condemned him for doing that. And this is the Russian father. I want to go back to a Russian father who has gone on TV and said, and said, son, do not do that. Like. I, I was watching I was watching the fight at Matt's house. I was thinking to myself, this can't be real. Yeah. This cannot be real. He did not just leave the cage to go fight Dylan Dennis. I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you, you're, you're, you're basically coming down to Conor's team's level by doing that, you know. Khabib is a very mellow guy, which which was kind of weird how it happened. I guess, just, like, he, obviously the fight's over. He's in the zone. He's hyped up. And I think adrenaline kind of kicked in. Mm-hmm. And maybe he forgot that he was... Uh, in an octagon and not uh, you know out <laughs> out in a back alley somewhere. So, yeah, uh, horrible ending to to a great moment for Khabib. He'll be back. He's you know an absolute beast. You know, 20, was it 27 and 0 now? 27 and 0. The guy is unreal. Probably one of the best pound for pound for pound fighters in in the world. So, uh, despite what happened after the fight, I think he did prove that there will be a rematch. You know, UFC would be. You know moronic not to do it uh, i think khabib, you're probably looking at six months uh I, I, don't, I don't i don't think they'll strip him of the belt i don't think that'll go, go that far uh, but he'll probably lose a good chunk of his purse probably not i can't see all of it but probably a good chunk of it a good fine and uh, yeah i could see probably a six month suspension but i, I do think we will see khabib connor two before we see connor diaz three unless uh, the Khabib suspension is, is longer than a year,
1: and it's not. It was down. It, 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 you know, it came down. It was, I told Brad off air this, it came down, and there's more investigation to come. But right now, the suspension for both guys
0: 10 days, yeah. No, what I, the, I, the heck? There's too much money on the line here. Like 10 he, days, the UFC is gonna protect their fighters here. I know Dana White's not happy, but uh, like I mentioned earlier, there, there's a lot of money to be made. Mm-hmm. With, with just the spectacle after the match, you know, people want to see this now. People want to see what happens, and, uh, you know, Conor is, he, he, he said it before, he's, he's obsessed. He gets obsessed with things. When he lost that Diaz fight, the only thing on his mind was beating Nick Diaz, and he came back and he did that, so I think that's gonna be Conor's goal again, and he has something to prove, because if Conor loses to Khabib again, I think, you know, that's the end of, of McGregor, at least his era on top in the UFC. I think the next logical choice would be to drop back down and uh, try to reclaim his other belt that he no longer has. But uh, yeah, Conor has something to prove. Khabib took him down. He beat him up like he said he would. I think a lot of us thought that's how the fight was going to go, and that's exactly how it went. Uh, A very George St. Pierre-esque performance by Khabib, and you know, Conor just was unable, had no response. Early on, he was able to defend the takedown, but throughout the fight, just no response. No. you know, if, if Connor can't stand and trade, it looks like he he's going to be in some trouble if, in in that rematch if it does happen.
1: That's true. So Brad, if, if, what are your thoughts on the fight on, on the fight before we before we go out off to NFL? What are your thoughts on the fight before we go off to NFL? Eight last thoughts. Like, do you see this I, fight happening again in Vegas? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, do you see rematch I, I, happening in Vegas, I, I, or do you I see do, a rematch I, happening in New York or somewhere else, Brad? I don't
2: believe really, I I don't see it happening in Vegas. Um, I I don't think so. Uh, New York City would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see them going overseas. I don't see them. I mean, they, they'd be stupid to do it in a place like Russia. I, I've seen a guy on, on Twitter mention they should it in Moscow and, and Vladimir Putin in attendance and oh, all that, geez. you know, shenanigans. I don't, you know, I, that's not a smart move, especially Conor McGregor and all the hostilities uh, going on there. Uh, I, I agree with Dick. I think. Uh, Conor McGregor, if he loses again, this this could be the end of him, and uh, I see him maybe dropping down. I mean, he's not complaining. He's got all the money now. Mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather kind of, you know, solidified that for him and, and did that. Um, so he could easily walk away today, even and, and still be okay. Um, a rematch, I think Conor's going to be more prepared. I think uh, I, I I think it kind of caught McGregor off by gar- off guard. Uh, the, just the takedown ability and, and the ground game because well, as we all know once you uh, once a beat takes you to the ground it's pretty much over and Connor is the complete opposite the stand and you know let's stand and trade as Vic said um, so so I think maybe he'll come in a bit more prepared maybe a clear head maybe um, you know a little bit of chirps not maybe over the top and uh, maybe we'll see a completely different fight. Who knows?
0: I'm gonna call it now. Uh, McGregor will be in the WWE within the next five years.
2: That's a given.
0: I think that's hands down. It seems to be kind of the, you know, the the, the ex UFC fighter kind of way out almost. You know, Lesnar obviously was in WWE first, but you know after he got beat up a couple times in the UFC, he came home. Ronda Rousey, same thing, lost a couple matches in a row, switched over to, UFC, uh, to WWE. So I think if if Conor is unable to rebound. Um, and maybe chooses not to go down in a lighter weight, uh, I think the WWE could be a good option for him. He's still going to make tons of money. He's still a household name. Uh, so I think a, a jump like that would make sense. But I, I really do hope that uh, he is able to rebound and we do get a rematch. And hopefully that rematch is a little more competitive than, than the fight was uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah, we certainly will see. I do want do to go to the NFL here before we start wrapping things up. And, of course, I know you guys are Denver Broncos fans. That this was quite and start starts been quite kinda of iffy so far, guys. I know Brad I watched last game, never played with you at Halley's and what are your thoughts on the season so far? This is a season where you've seen Green Bay struggle, you've seen Oakland struggle, you've seen the shocks of the season. I mean, who had the Chiefs and the Rams on top of the league so far, guys?
2: Well, I'll tell you, those are those are two of the best uh, best teams and they they deserve to be there. Uh, we look at the Rams defense. Um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, obviously, you look at the quarterbacks, for example, teams as well, Jared Goff, uh, Patrick Mahomes. We knew Mahomes was a talent. I didn't think he was this talented this quickly. I thought it would take him some time. Uh, you got to take 15 straight passes uh, without interception. He did that finally uh, last or yesterday and finally got picked off for the first time uh, this season. So pretty impressive stuff. Um, I, I think now, wait a second, I, I think L.A., the Rams may struggle moving forward. Uh, Cooper Cup's on with a concussion. Uh, we've seen Brandon Cooks go down with a concussion. Those are two of their top receivers. Um, I, I, so I think if they're out for an extended period of time, you look at Marcus Peters and Akeem uh, Talib. former Denver Broncos, still wow. out. Um, so so they, who knows? The Rams could come down to earth and, and struggle a bit uh, in the next stretch. I think the Chiefs is still slowing them down. Uh, the only question mark all uh, has been all year their defense, but they seem to hold it together and be okay, uh, balance out that offense. But to, my, to the Denver Broncos, I mean, I was more confident now with K team and, as the helmet quarterback, but it just seems like they can't get on the same page. Uh, you look at a couple of key guys dropping passes to Mary Thomas, dropping key passes uh, the last couple of weeks, um, Emmanuel Sanders doing the same, Corbin Sutton, Sutton looks good, their rookie wide receiver. Uh, the run game can't quite get going with uh, it seems to be more of a committee with Philip Lindsay and uh, and Royce Freeman, uh, so that didn't pan out. And again, it's still somewhat early. It's only five weeks in there, two and three. Um, their their defense uh, is is somewhat still uh, has been solid the last few weeks. And um, for me, it's, it really comes down to quarterback and team getting on the same page and and getting you know getting into the end zone more frequently, and, and his offense helping him out. I think they need a better tight end. Their, their tight end is, is very shaky as well, so we'll, we'll see. I, I still have confidence that this team can turn around. I don't see them winning the division, because the Chiefs are, you know, pretty much have that locked up already, but I, I still believe it's the playoff team eventually.
1: Yeah, we'll see about that. Of course, my roommate Packer has lost in Detroit, the first time the Lions have beaten the Packers three times in a row since 91, and Mason Crosby, misses four field goals. i baffling to see Unreal. Mason Crosby miss any field goals in the game. It was, I was stunned. I was blown away what happened in Detroit.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, is, there, is he still have a job as far as we know? Oh, of course. They're going to
1: cut Mason Crosby. He's,
0: he's, he's one of the best kickers, yeah. You absolutely. can't cut
1: Mason Crosby in Greenman. You can't. You've that been that there for
0: 12 years. abysmal, abysmal four field goals. That's, um, you know, unheard of. Uh, one thing I wanted to I bring up, the, the mighty Cleveland Browns. Big win for them. another overtime game for them. It seems yes. like every week they're going overtime. Uh, huge for the Browns. That's good to see. I think it's almost a changing of the guard in the NFL. You're seeing a lot of teams that uh, you know, weren't very good for years mm-hmm. and now kind of you know reaching the top. KC is a, is a big one. Mahomes is he's the real deal. But I think uh, the real test is going to come with the New England Patriots coming up here for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that could be the wake-up call maybe for them the big bad Patriots with a huge win against the Colts. Uh, that's a team that, you know, got off to a slow start, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see Casey come in th- uh, against New England and, and run into a brick wall and kind of, you know, get a newsflash from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick that, that they are still the kings of, of the AFC and yet and uh, you got you to slay the beast before, you know, you can move on. So I, I'm looking forward to Kansas City playing uh, New England. Other than that, it's, it's always good to see the Cowboys lose. So you know, there's going to be another rough season for them, I think. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting time to, to be an NFL fan because there's a lot going on and a lot of teams that were very, very bad for a long time that are finally getting better. That is
1: true. I, I, I want to ask Damn. you. Go ahead, ahead, ahead
0: Brian. Except
2: the Buffalo Bills, right? They're, they're still bad. They had a big, <laughs> win,
1: big win this week. I mean, you know what? I do I know. I'll, I'll
2: say this, guys, though. I Boy, still
1: feel that John Gruden sure. needs to give back the money to Mark Davis. He still needs to get that money back because the man is a thief right now. <laughs> Someone called Oakland PD. This man is stealing money right now. Oakland
0: uh-huh. PD, FBI, <laughs> CIA. John Gruden's a thief. How much is he getting paid? Is $100 million. Oh, Jesus.
2: $100 <laughs> for 10 years.
0: Disgusting. That's, but that's on years. them for giving him that you deal, get... though.
1: Like. No, I know it is. It is. Is it all
0: guaranteed? Yeah, guaranteed. Tough.
2: You know, you know what, guys. Uh, uh, Vic, Vic hit it on the head. For me, the game of the week is Kansas City New England. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I, I'm not a fan of either team. I actually despise both teams, but <laughs> I think it's gonna be a shootout. Then this is this is uh, you know the the Hall of Fame, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Some may say not, but I I you know, and Pete Manning obviously up there, but I I think the most active player right now the greatest player, Tom Brady, against uh, potentially one of the dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL and could be Tom Brady's status uh, one day, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And I, you know what? I, I do think, I, I think the Patriots this year have shown, uh, especially with injuries and, and uh, with age, that, that they are coming down to earth. I don't think they are the team they used to be for many, many years or that we're used to seeing. And I'm going to go on to win here, guys i say the Kansas City Chiefs win by 10 points. i gonna say a 10-point win for the Kansas City Chiefs next week, hmm. and uh, okay. they
1: do remain undefeated. Wow, you know what? I will say KC wins, but it's a three-point three game. It's a tight ball game in the showdown of Mahomes versus
0: Brady. Yeah, let's not forget uh, you mentioned the greatest of all time. Uh, Drew, Drew Brees. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Like time passing leader. All-time oh, yeah. passing leader, which is unreal. kind of goes under the radar. You know, A lot, a lot of people bring up Drew Brees' name. Obviously, you got the usuals: Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. But and I, I would still make that argument that you know maybe Tom Brady might be the greatest of all time. But Drew Brees has got to be close behind. With doesn't matter you know about anything else, just the fact that he set that mark is, mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think the fact that
1: before New Orleans, I think the fact he was in San Diego for so many years, being with the Chargers, you kind of get lost. by the Chargers and quarterback, you kind of get lost in the shadow of what LT did. And even before that, what a guy like a Dan Fouts did and Doug Flutie. So kind I got lost there and
0: with the Chargers before going to New Orleans. Yeah, guys. speaking of a, a guy who's lost Philip Rivers. <laughs> Philip
1: Rivers, yeah, exactly. We yeah, uh, Philip Rivers. Kinda, he's kind
0: of <laughs> tailed out, uh, but yeah, no. Congratulations to Drew Brees. Unreal. Like that's that's not just you know that's not a small thing. I, you know the the most passing yards of all time. Like that is massive. That's mm-hmm. like it's borderline status, you got to think, right?
1: Truly, yeah. What are your thoughts on Drew Brees, Brad?
0: Uh,
2: 100%. 100%, yeah. Uh, but quickly, before we wrap, Avery, mm-hmm. um, uh, real, real quick, I know the, the NBA season starts here uh, next week on the 16th, and everybody in Toronto and Ontario here is, is getting excited, especially uh, the recent news, Kawhi Leonard is starting to warm up, and I mean warm, really get warm. The idea of Maybe in Toronto, uh, you know, he's, he's been seen hanging out and and uh, and playing video games and whatnot with Kyle Lowry and, and um, you know, Jonas down and shooting and guys
1: on the Drake team. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm liking that. I'm liking the well, fact that, yeah, no, Kawhi is, you know, that's thing. Toronto's a city where there's that stigma, which to me is still silly, of, oh, it's Canada. I don't want to go to Canada. Like to me, the NBA still really needs to tell these guys what Canada is and what Canada is not. But it's good to see that Lowry and these guys are getting um, Kawhi up to the city, because Kawhi will soon learn that Toronto is not this foreign off land blocked off by igloos and polar bears, and and he will see he'll see quickly. Brad, I'm sure he saw I'm sure he saw on their preseason tour that Canada loves their basketball.
0: Well, you like, uh, just go talk to Kyle Lowry, He's a great ambassador of Toronto, Canada. DeRozan was one. I'm not sure if he is anymore. The way kind of the way that that unfolds. Um, yeah, it's like these are guys that love this city. They're willing to stay here long term. Talk to Marcus Stroman, mm-hmm. Jose Bautista, exactly. the that played the here for a long time. It's like, you know, it's one of those things. Kawhi you didn't get off to the start that you wanted him to with with the trade. Uh, I think it's he has some character issues. I think that's not. No, that's not an understatement I think it's pretty safe to say with the way that he kind of handled himself in, in San Antonio so hopefully he can uh, get climatized to to Toronto because you know he, he could be a god here if you he, if he wanted to be and it's going to be very very unfortunate for the Toronto Raptors and the city of Toronto if he leaves at the end of the season so you know let's cross well, our cause, fingers
2: because basically guys you, if you leaves you basically gave up by. Margaret for, DeRozan for Danny Green which, which is pretty uh, you know it's a tough pill to swallow. so uh, for, for his sake and and, uh, and everybody else I hope he sticks around and, and starts long term Avery you got one last thing for us before we go and uh, just quickly I want to thank uh, Vic Michaels for, for keeping my seat warm and Edmonds and uh, uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon man appreciate
1: it yes sir of course and of course we got to get, get, get some trivia remember Trivia is back in the Bride and Avery Hour. Get a chance to win on, on a Thursday night, get to win a chance for dinner for two here at Holly's. It's a great place. Bride will cook your dinner for you. Bride will cook for you. Bride will sing for you. Bride <laughs> will sing your dinner the entire time you're here at Holly's. Oh. It's Edmonton's birthday central. So our trivia question. Let's see, what would you do for a trivia question? You know what? We will like keep it nice and simple for trivia. So you know what we'll say? We mentioned Drew Brees. We will say, what school did Drew Brees play at in the NCAA? What, what school did Drew Brees come out of? What college, what university did Drew Brees attend? Nice and simple, to win a dinner for two Hollies on a Thursday night here in West Edmonton Mall. You know my question would have been?
0: Who Who came out of retirement to be in Triple H's corner at uh, <laughs> WWE Super Showdown this weekend? Oh, and who will be wrestling again Without hair. <laughs> I, I I can't believe it. These guys just need to retire. Like, stay retired. Please. Please. Oh, days, stop wrestling. It's over. It's over.
2: Vic, I, I think I think you should have made your cameo on the show, and you should have showed up both.
0: Yeah, well, hey, like I said, give me four years, and uh, I'll be there right with, with uh, oh, I almost had a slip there, with uh, <laughs> oh, Triple H's buddy. Well, I guess it, it's not a real question, well, so the answer well, is Shawn Michaels. Yes. Um. But quickly guys, what did you did you guys watch Super Showdown? Did you did you read anything about it? Or? I saw a little bit of Super Show, I saw a little bit of the um, Triple
1: H and uh, Taker match. And you know what? I just to me it's so funny how we're in twenty eighteen and these shows still need to survive on the nostalgia yeah, because yeah. the new guys really get zero card reaction. They really don't get much. Beyond like, beyond New Day, beyond New
0: Day, yeah. What's really like my issue is like Undertaker, it was a good run let's move on, let's pass the torch. You know, you got guys like Bray Wyatt, you got guys like, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, all these young guys that can easily, you know, carry the mantle, and yet they continue to go back to these names. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there is nostalgia involved when you bring in guys, you know, The Rock's a big one, Stone Cold, Triple H, all these guys. But eventually, you got to move on. I think, you know, Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement, it's been eight years since this man has had a match on television, and personally, I I don't want to remember him for what he is now. I want to remember him for what he was 10 years ago. When he had hair? Exactly. It's, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Like, I, I don't... You stop, you're tarnishing your memory. It's like Undertaker when he lost... Realistically, when he lost to Brock Lesnar, probably should have been the end. But when he lost to Roman Reigns at uh, WrestleMania two years ago, that should have been the end. And now you're almost just... Like, I hate to say it, but you're kind of making a mockery of your legacy. It's like it's Michael Jordan with the Wizards all over again. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand.
1: Watch Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're you're totally right about that. You know what? Sean's 53. He looks like he's he's in great shape. But what do you prove? What do you prove?
0: That's the thing. Like, what's the point? I know he's getting a big payday. Saudi Arabia, I heard something crazy, like $20 million or or something nuts. There's a big number involved. So obviously that doesn't hurt. If you're Sean Michaels, I guess you would be stupid to turn down couple million dollars to wrestle a 15-minute match so I guess um, for him good for you but at the end of the day I think when you're talking legacy you're talking all this stuff uh, you know you got to know when to call it quits and I think Ric Flair is a great example of, of, of the opposite of that you know wrestling into his oh. late 60s and it's just yeah let it let it, it, yes. it ran its course let's move on there's tons of great talent in the WWE right now uh, that can easily fill that space you look at the, the main event, you know, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, uh, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, these guys are all unbelievable performers, and uh, I would much rather watch them than uh, than guys that are, you know, in their 50s and
1: 60s. True. Last thoughts, Brad?
0: Hey, uh, I, I couldn't
2: agree anymore. And you know what? Still, that kid inside me, I'm not going to lie to you, that kid inside me still enjoys, I, I still got chills down my spine when I hear that dong, or that gong when, uh, when the undertaker enters and, uh, you know, they just like the, the, uh, the flames when Kane enters or that glass breaks when stone cold enters or, or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, I, I still get kind of giddy about that, but still, excites see that some of the best wrestling, that kind of attitude era, but, uh, yeah, it's time to move on. I, I get it for not saying no to 20 million. I mean, who would, I know, I know any of us would not, um, you know, we would say yes in a heartbeat. I'd go get beat up for 15 minutes for 20 million. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, and it's, I, hey, if it if it brings, I I don't know what they're trying to do, whether they're trying to bring the old fans back or or what they're what they're trying to do. But yeah, like Vic said, it's time to hang them up. It's time to move on, and uh, and let's get Just the new super, blood in there super for quick, sure.
0: Brad. What's what's your opinion on all, all these shows in Saudi Arabia? This is now the second one within within what seven months coming mm-hmm. up. Um, are you a fan of this? Like, What's kind of your take on, on these, like, almost, they're not really pay-per-views. They're just glorified house shows yeah. in foreign countries. They don't really mean anything, but, um, like, what's kind of your take on that?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't like the time difference. The, the time game sucks when you go watch it, but, uh, you know, no, it's it's more uh, grow, uh, growing the game globally, and, and uh, or growing the, I, I guess, growing the brand uh, globally. They're doing the, the show. Uh, you just looked in Australia, and they're doing the all-women's evolution and growing that kind of side of things for the women and, and whatever. So I, I get it, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel, but especially two in, in, what is it, seven months or whatever you guys said. So, I mean, maybe, hey, if you want to do once every couple of years or once every whatever, but, but yeah, if you're going to do this once every three, four, five months, it's going to get old pretty pretty damn quick.
0: No, I really. It I think really it's not. a little bit like too much, too quick. Would be kind of my issue. You know what I mean? Uh, you, got, you got a pay per view uh, every uh, month. Uh, You got uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Now you're throwing in these house shows, kind of scattered through. You know, that's fine. Do it. Do it once a year, but make it one of the twelve pay per views. Make you know every every July is in Saudi Arabia or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think at the yeah, end of the day, we can't we can't really you complain. You know, I guess more is better. NXT is amazing. And uh, to see the brand globally, you know, how big in the UK or the UK championship, that stuff's all incredible. Uh, So I think uh, WWE is is, is doing very healthy right now as much as um, the diehard fans would disagree. I think we could all maybe disagree uh, a lot of issues with the writing and kind of the creative direction of of the WWE right now. But um, you look at their stocks and, and they seem to be doing okay. So...
2: True. Well you you gotta think and I I think for me the other thing, sorry, Avery is is the the health of, of the wrestlers. Uh, you know, with all this trouble, you know, around North America and then all of a sudden you're 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 shipping them on a plane and sending them, you know, however long it is to get to Saudi Arabia, you know, once every five months, it definitely takes a toll on you and and, and maybe maybe from what those days used to be off days maybe or, or whatever, now they're cramming in another house show and you're you know, halfway around the world. So, yeah, you know, you, you got to look at your, the safety of your wrestlers and the safety of your roster, too. And, uh, and I totally agree with the writing and everything else. I, I think that needs to change. but That's a different story for, for a different day, for sure. But uh, I, I hope uh, with this meeting, this big meeting with TNA, apparently uh, uh, last week or, or whatever it was, uh that uh, hopefully maybe that's a uh, training of the guard. We'll see what happens there.
1: Yeah, we definitely will see it happens. I mean, big, t- big things are gonna happen in the wrestling world as we as we wrap things up. And Brad, it's been a blast. I'm glad you called into the show from Barry. We, we're good. we're gonna do YouTube, we're gonna do YouTube live and have your have your face join us. But you know, things didn't work out, so you're stuck you're stuck with your voice on the podcast. As Vic does the oh they X- little, X-
0: little undisputed era, was NXT, era? Right NXT right there NXT cheese yeah. almighty.
1: <laughs> well, Brad. But- is-
2: I, I watched I, I watched a live video for like a minute, like a couple minutes there, and he looks like a oh, GQ bottle sitting next to you with your with your with your cheesy or whatever it is suit on. So you guys look pretty fly, and uh, I wish I could be there. We're having fun here, Barry. I'm excited to be with Sam Lee and uh, I, I'm, I'm just so glad I didn't miss the show. I will be back in studio next week, next Monday. Um, you know, Vic, and you're more you're more than welcome to come on anytime, man. We're we're happy to have you, and. Uh, Thanks
0: for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, uh, always always glad to fill in. Um, just let me know. You know, this is a gorgeous venue. I uh, Any excuse to get out here would be, I'll take it. It's very nice in here, for sure. It's my first time being in here, so it's a lot to take in.
1: Oh, it really is. Of course, course we got to thank the guys The Holly's here. we got to thank Shaq, Raymar, Dave, the good people here. We've got to thank Match for our pre-show meals. It was lovely once again. Magnificent stuff, Mr. Barco.
2: Yeah, you bet. Always good. All right, guys. That was it for that one. For Avery Lewis, McDougall, Vic Michaels, I'm Brad Barco. Until next time, we'll see you next week, same time, same place.
1: Later. All right. And that, nice. is, that is that. That is that, gentlemen. Done deal. That's
2: it, boys. Good stuff. This is good amazing. stuff. Did you uh, – did you let Dad, did you let uh, Danny
1: walk around that casino yet or yeah, what? Right no, yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna walk around
2: right now. Cool. <laughs> he, Easy on the pocketbook, there.
1: Come on now. <laughs> Easy on the pocketbook. <laughs>